0: Come on down to the Law Student Lounge with your host, attorney Ryan McKean, where law students like you tell their stories. So pull up a chair and join us in the lounge. Hello, everyone, and I am so excited to be here for this episode of the Law Student Lounge. Uh, Today I have Anthony uh, Artizone. He is a 1L student at New England School of Law. Welcome, Anthony. Thank you, Ryan. Pleasure to be here. Anthony, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell us about your journey. I have a very, very
1: uh, circuitous journey. Uh, originally from New Jersey. Um, I grew up there, went to school there. Uh, And then I moved up to Massachusetts uh, for college. I went to Stonehill College down in Easton. Graduated with a bachelor's in economics and political science with the hope initially of going to law school after I had graduated Um, But unfortunately, I didn't have the money um, To go to law school right out of school. So after I graduated, I moved back to New Jersey um, Worked there for a few years Um, in that time. I also in 2016 I found out about a paralegal studies program at Fairleigh Dickinson University in, uh, I think it was in Madison, they have multiple campuses, Um, Madison, New Jersey, Uh, it was a six month program where you kind of learn the ins and outs of learning the law but also just learning skills that would help you be a good paralegal. So I did that in 2016, at the same time, I also worked uh, a couple of paralegal jobs at that time. uh, The first firm I worked in was a kind of a, uh, it was a split firm, there was two partners, one partner mainly did a lot of commercial litigation it's a landlord tenant things like that and the other uh attorney mainly focused on personal injury uh workers compensation um so i more worked on the commercial litigation landlord tenant side as opposed to the personal injury side but i did do uh, i did have experience in both and then i moved to a firm that uh exclusively dealt with intellectual property um i was brought on to replace uh the patent paralegal uh there so uh, i'd say 95 percent of my work there was in um was and patent and and it wasn't it wasn't a lot of lit- litigation it was mostly dealing with the nightmare that is the uspto and uh um ended up leaving that job um did some other odd jobs in new jersey before i got an opportunity from a friend in high school to move back up to massachusetts um they were looking for uh people to help out with um governor baker's re-election campaign um and i Took the chance. I applied um, around the same time. After I got the offer, I was agonizing about where am I gonna where am I gonna find a place to live. Um, never lived on my own outside of college before. Uh, and then I had a friend from college who was moving out of his apartment uh, to move in with his partner. So it all kind of just worked out. Um, so I moved up to Massachusetts. Worked on the campaign. He got reelected. Um, then I got a job in state government. Um, And I thought, you know, this was my path. You know, I'm going to work in politics, eventually get a job in state government, just become like a professional bureaucrat. And I found I didn't really like it that much. The work I was doing was very mundane. Uh, After COVID hit, I felt like my job wasn't even needed at the agency anymore. I was mainly doing a lot of internal emergency preparedness work, which doesn't make much sense when you no longer have physical office space, because a lot of my work was relied on us having physical office space. so, um, I was talking to my partner about this one night and I mentioned to her that I had previously wanted to go to law school and that I couldn't because I just didn't have, I didn't have the money at the time. So she told me this was back, I think in August or September, of 2022, she told me by this time next year, you're going to be in law school. Like she just said it so, so straightforwardly, like you're going to be in law school. So I ended up uh, studying for the LSAT. I took it in February, 2023. Um, and then, um, we went to, we went on vacation in March and while I was on vacation, that's where I got the acceptance to,
0: uh, New England law and then the rest is history. So here I am. <laughs> so, so awesome. And, you know, increasingly on this uh, podcast, I've talked to a number of students who have gone back to law school after, you know, a, like I went to law school straight after college. Basically I graduated. Early from college, I worked basically a year at Enterprise Rent a Car, uh, and then went right into law school. But for all real purposes, like there was not a significant amount of time between undergraduate and uh, and uh, law school. So, can you so a few things to sort of unpack from that, and one of which is what you know you said about your partner, and that is so important. Like those people in our lives are so important. Um, People who can help move us past, help unstick us, uh, help move us uh, in the direction of becoming the person that we were meant to be. Like we all need cheerleaders out there. So kudos to your partner for getting you out of the stands and getting you onto the field. That is amazing. I really, I really, I really love that analogy. Um, And it wasn't just her.
1: I mean, over the years, my family was also telling me, you know, is this what you want to do with the rest of your life? You know, just kind of just like is working, working for just like and not a great salary in a, in a government job. Like even they were like, you know, but at the same time, I didn't have the proximity to them. You know, I see, I see my family maybe twice a year at this point, like holidays and that's it. So, um, having someone there who's with me every day, um, to like, kind of be like, no, you're better than this. You have, you have a, you're, you're intelligent, you have a bright future. Um, you, you deserve more than this. And I think that if you were to go to law school, you'd succeed. So I definitely needed someone like that, so to help me along. Because the way I'm thinking of is like I'm just working and I'm just making money and I'm living comfortably, but at the same time, like I don't have any, don't have any real like roadmap to where is this going to lead to in the future? Is this going to eventually be, lead to a better government job? I don't know, but like it's just kind of that's the that's the thing about government jobs is they can be such dead ends. So um,
0: moving into something where I actually have a passion for it. Um, it's important. It is important. And, you know, you're going to need those people. If you're out there and you're in law school, you're going to need those partners or colleagues or professors or friends or wherever you can find the family members. Like their encouragement is actually going to matter like disproportionately to almost anything else. Um, so having somebody, you know, in your life in general, uh, if you, you know, really people who achieve a lot surround them with incredibly supportive and positive people. Um, And I I found even Anthony with the practice of law, like there was a while where I go to like bar association meetings, local bar association meetings, and they were so depressing. It was, oh, it's hard. And oh, clients, and oh, this, and oh, the regulations, and oh, oh, the internet, and oh, oh, oh. And I was like, oh, man, I need to stop going to these things because it is is making me feel bad and depressed. And I had the really good fortune of getting invited to a mastermind with really positive attorneys who were incredibly forward-thinking. It was out in Chicago, Um, and actual had just firms that were like insanely much bigger than mine, but I was sort of like the charity case that they brought along, uh, with them to hang out. And it changed my life being around people who were positive, forward thinking, people who are like, you can do this, you can push through, I got you. Um, so wherever you are in your law school journey, legal journey, be very aware of the people who are proximal to you at all times, uh, because, um wait does that negativity hold you back at the end of the day um so so really be be on the lookout for that um and awesome for you one of the things that you know how has it been you know, look you're in your your we're we're recording this uh pretty much thanksgiving 2023 so you're going to be heading into your midterms finals uh, a few weeks here we had the has... last day of our classes which was just yesterday so like <laughs> well so how has it been adjusting from working full-time to now going back to school. How's it been going? being a student again?
1: Well, um, I, think, I think it's important um, for me to just realize that, um, you know, back when I was working full-time, obviously you work 9 to 5, and then after that, you're just done for the day. You can lounge on the couch. You can just, you know, um, my partner and I, we've been binging different shows, started with Suits, you know there's other shows we've been like just randomly binging throughout this time but um realizing that um you know not even the not even the nights that i have class obviously it's different um you know um i, I should also perhaps I'm an, I'm an evening student as well so yeah um so like you know just just knowing that like i had to be done with work and then just immediately you know get ready for class like that mind shift is is very tough and just finding the time to make sure that i'm uh, instead of lounging on the couch and doing nothing, making sure I have the time to do readings for class, or complete papers, or um, finish quizzes that are due, um, anything like that. It really saps your, your free time, and um, I thankfully gave my friends fair warning that, like, hey, you know, I'm not really going to be around very much. I have done a couple of social events. Um, thankfully, I've made the time for some social events since I started school. But it has kind of just gone off a cliff, um, and I'm not not to say it's a bad thing. Like my friends know that, hey, you know what, you are going towards something. This is your passion. This is something that is worth the time and the effort. Um, you know, put in the time and the effort. You know, we'll always be here if you need someone to talk to, um, and uh, you know, we'll be here when you're done. You know, so I think it's just good having people who understand that, like, you know, this is a this is a huge transition in my life it been very helpful. It's been very helpful in that regard that I have people who are supportive around me. But again, the mind shift, it took a few weeks for me to be like, Oh, that's right. I can't just, you know, just lounge around now. I have to go do I have to go do homework or something like that. But I guess I'm not too far removed from school. I don't know. There are some people in my class who are older than me. I feel like for them it might have even been a more shift. Like who knows, maybe they were in school like twenty years ago or something. You know, I feel like I, I feel for those people. I feel like it's extra hard for those people. And then I have some people who are, you know, a couple of years out of school. So maybe it wasn't a hard adjustment for them at all. But for me, um, it took some time, but I'm a quick study, you know, I'm able to I'm able to transition when I need to. So
0: yeah. Um so what what um what what surprised you about law school? So if you could go back to yourself and, you know, July the july of 2023 and tell yourself something about law school like what did you expect it to be and how is it similar or different than that so i'm not
1: sure if i i'm not sure if i knew what my classes were at that point um i guess for just for the sake of hindsight let's say i did know what my classes were the classes that i found myself actually interested in is definitely different than um what I thought going in. So I thought going in that, you know, like for me, contracts would be like the one class I'd be really interested in. I don't know. I have an economics degree. I just feel like I feel like they kinda go together. Uh, maybe civil procedure given that um I also have a political science degree and um I'm actually really looking forward to con law. I don't I think most law students don't actually say that, but I'm one of them that is saying <laughs> that. And civil procedure is very um very tangentially related. In fact, even um before our semester started the professor gave us like kind of like a extra credit sort of thing to do throughout the semester and it was basically like a primer on con law so um but um i found myself really enjoying torts um i didn't think i was going to enjoy torts all that much i thought torts was going to be like your typical like oh yes yeah, look at ball you know like stuff that i had to learn while i was in uh when i was in the paralegal uh, program but um I'm a, I'm a sucker for theory. I don't know. I like I like learning more of the theory of things and necessarily the practicality of things. And there's a lot of theory that goes into torts that I did not expect. I remember the first time reading that textbook, I was like, "Wow, okay, this is not what I was expecting." In in a good way, um, you know. And of course, my professors have been great. Like you know, so they they're very good at you know teaching the material. Um, I guess also one thing I wasn't I wasn't super aware of, just because it's not like it's an undergrad at all, is the the lack of grades in general. I think I've had like one graded assignment so far this this semester. Like pretty much all the grades are just like your vital. So I was not expecting that. I thought there was going to be like homework and, you know, like me to get graded on that or like um, there would be in class quizzes or tests, you know,
0: like something you'd find in high school or undergrad and that has not been my experience at all. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that that's, um, you know it's interesting because what i'm hearing is like yeah like what you really find as you study law is it's law is really like the operating system for society and so when we talk about you know tort law we're really really talking about are really important things right we're talking about accountability uh we're talking about safety uh because you know look the only thing that corporations respond to is money um and so the only way to Uh, hold them accountable from a much more dangerous world is the idea that they could, in fact, be held accountable by a jury um, Mm -hmm. uh, if if cases are brought. Um, So, you know, you have a a push for safety. You also have the notion that not all all countries share this, which is that human life is of value um, and that, you know, it's not just the medical bills. It's like, hey, you couldn't enjoy time with your kid or you couldn't mm-hmm. play golf the way you played golf before. And that is compensable. Um, so it, it really gets at some at some values. And, you know, one of the 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 hardest courses that I took was actually an advanced civil procedure class in, in law school called Federal Courts and Jurisdiction, um, mm-hmm. which you're, so if you're out there and you're ever sort of listening to to this and you're like, hey, I'm interested in con law, and civil procedure, like those things greatly overlap. Um, and so, a really a, a fascinating course for you has got to be something where, what are federal courts jurisdiction, uh, what are limitations on jurisdiction? Like, what courts and what federal courts even have to exist? What how do they not exist? Um, what about Article Two courts? I mean, you just have all of these other all of these other things that actually deeply underpin uh, the Constitution and how. Uh, the framers intended uh, the courts and government to work and actually how it could work in the future. I mean, you yeah. could have um, um uh, you could have a um
1: so I, I i could I could piggyback off this. So one thing that we covered in civil procedure this semester was the stream of commerce theory and how that that law is just not really settled. you know, you had you had a case, um, Asahi um, versus Superior Court, where Justice O'Connor gave one opinion, Justice Brennan gave another opinion, and Justice Stevens gave a third opinion, and none of those opinions gained a majority. And then there was a case, I think like uh, I don't remember the name, but it was like 30 years later where the same thing happened. You had um, you had a, a Justice, I don't remember. I maybe it was Justice Roberts who kind of articulated O'Connor's theory. You had um, I think it was Justice. Kagan or Sotomayor uh, addressing Brennan's theory, and then you had Justice Breyer um, assessing Justice Stevens' opinion. But again, none of those got majorities. So that law is totally unsettled. Um, And it really just comes down to, you know, who's going to get the majority someday? Because right now, like when, if a stream of commerce opinion comes up, comes before the courts, the courts really don't know what to do. You know, it's as simple as that because there's no settled law because the Supreme Court on two different occasions just could not come to a consensus. So, and I think that's what I find
0: fascinating about the law is that it's just constantly changing. Yeah, no, it is, um, it is, um, you know, yeah, it is constantly changing. It's constantly evolving. It needs to be some flexibility. Uh, Like we need to be able to have law that works for society. Um, society is more complicated. Like, it, it's, you know, it's it's really it's really challenging, and it gets to the core of, like, what are our values as a country? What are, what matters? Like, why does it matter? Where are we going to spend our time and, and money? Yeah. I just said
1: that like, you have great analogies. Like, you talking about getting out of the stands, going onto the field, you saying that the law is like the operating system for society. It's like, yeah, operating systems need to be updated, you know? <laughs> so... Like, you've got great analogies for the law. I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so, all right. So, what is it that now you've got paralegal experience? Uh, you're not the first paralegal that I've interviewed. Uh, what is it that you want to do as a lawyer? Like, what, what did you go in wanting to do something? Has that changed? Let's talk about that.
1: Oh, that's a good question. So, I, one thing I didn't mention as well, and I didn't do this in college, this was in high school, I did mock trial. So, um, and I was one of the attorneys in our mock trial. So, like, you know, the idea of, like, we, we practice. I don't remember. I think the case had to do with, like, the kidnapping case or something. So it was more on the criminal side than the civil side. But, um, you know, act, we actually, you know, we practiced. We went up in front of an actual judge in the county courthouse. And we actually, like, you know, basically had a trial with another team. And um, um, that was a great experience. Um, I think... There is this notion that for a lot of people that like going into law means, oh, I'm going to go into law. I'm going to get my law degree. I'm going to pass the bar. And then I'm going to, you know, spend some days, you know, doing discovery, interrogatories, depositions. And then I'm going to go into a courtroom and we're going to have trial. or We're going to settle or like. I think I, it's, it's weird, like, you know, I, I mentioned to people as like an aside that, like, you know, you know, is one example of a lawyer, Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, is a lawyer. He doesn't practice law anymore, but he's a lawyer. So, like, it's the idea is that like having a law degree can be so versatile for so many different things. Um but um I don't know. I'm I'm still a one L and I spoke with um I spoke with Andrew Garza about this, your co-founder at Connecticut Trial Firm. And he told me, It's okay that you don't know what you want to do yet as a one L. You know, the important thing is that you you take every opportunity in front of you and um you you keep it you keep an open mind you might find that you know you take a class your 2l or your 3l or you start working at a firm and you find that that you love the work or you hate the work um, you go to conferences like the 100 million dollar day conference that that you hosted in Boston a couple weeks ago you you talk with other attorneys you know um, you talk about the work they do and um, what got them into doing that and you it's just it's just allowing yourself to completely, absorb all the information you're given um so it's a very roundabout way of saying i don't know what i want to do with my law degree yet still in the early process i've got seven more semesters to go so um my hope is that it's easy for me i get a job in a law firm where i love the work or i take a class that i fall in love with someday but um at the moment again i'm keeping my options open i've spoken uh with plenty of alums i've spoken with uh, plenty of other lawyers and um it's a big wide world out there. There's a lot you can do with a law degree. So what I hope is that I find it sooner rather than later. So that way I can devote as much of my
0: time as possible to to doing that. You know, I this is a great conversation because it is the one question that I absolutely try to avoid asking law <laughs> students, though I think maybe I asked you about it in a roundabout way. So I I, I have failed in some way. Which is like it do was it, no, so I didn't, it, which is like which is like, what do you want to do after law school? And Look, for some of my classmates, like a very small handful of them, and I've been out almost 20 years at this point. Some of my classmates, like they knew it, they wanted to be public defenders and they went in and they became public defenders and that's what they still are, right? Like but I had a class of, I don't know, 200, like that encompasses about three of them. Um, and what really law is, is that there is a, your career is going to have, a, is actually going to be a series of careers and so where you may start may not be where you end um mm-hmm. and also like man the world has changed like i graduated in 2005 which doesn't feel that long ago at all uh but like things like web 3.0 cryptocurrency artificial intelligence you know if you were doing cannabis law i meant you were representing a guy on the street uh now you could be representing a large-scale commercial business who is Filing zoning applications and trying to figure out federal banking laws and things like that. Yeah, that's very true. You know, bitcoins, cryptocurrency, social media doesn't exist. And all of these things have sort of profound effects on society and law, and it's gotten much more complicated. So, and I guarantee the pace of change in the next uh, 18 years, as opposed to the last Mm -hmm. 18 years, is only going to accelerate. Uh, So, there are going to be whole fields of law that did not exist right now. Uh, It is hard. Some of those we may see some of those we uh, do not see. Uh, And so, you know, I think it's very important to keep an open mind. Uh, And also as you go through courses or as you go through your early jobs, or you go through your externships, like get out of the classroom. Like that is a very important Mm -hmm. thing. Find out like what you're drawn to find out like what you want to do like hey you've got you 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 feel more energized by this work than this other work um mm-hmm. because there'll become a point and I think it's true for a lot of law students where like look you're smart like you can do a lot of things you could I could probably be a good tax lawyer if I really wanted to apply myself to do mm-hmm. that maybe but it's not something that I am like excited about it's not something right. that I draw energy from. Um, so be on the lookout for that.
1: Yeah. And I, that was, I mean, when I, when I said that I want to go to law school right out of undergrad, you know, and I, I, had wanted to go to law school, like over high school even, um, you know, I thought like, okay, being a lawyer is something that's going to get me out of bed every morning and want me to actually do the work. But then you have to answer the question, well, what type of law? Like I could, I could go into something like personal injury and that could be what gets me out of bed every morning, you know, going to work, knowing that every day I'm helping, people against these giant corporations who really don't answer to anyone or maybe it's i don't know maybe it's doing uh maybe it's waking up going out of bed every morning and have representing being an agent for like athletes um like professional athletes like i don't i don't know like you know but i guess it's the idea is like you don't know um you, you don't know what's gonna get you out of bed in the morning until you learn about those types of law until you get the experience. And again, like people who haven't gone to law school yet just think of lawyers as like these people that go to courtrooms and argue in front of judges. And that's that. Like they don't think of like all the other potential types of jobs that you can do as a lawyer. So like um at uh at the state agency where I worked, um one of the one one of my uh, colleagues who I got to become friendly with uh, ran at uh, the agency's OADR, which is the uh, Office of Alternative Dispute Resolution. So basically, the idea is that like he's the one who's hopefully going in mediating disputes before it goes to trial. So like people don't necessarily think of that as a lawyer's job, like you know, because again, a lot of people don't even know that exists. So, um, and uh, the part where you mentioned about how. Um, you know there are whole fields of law that might not even exist yet um i remember reading or hearing something like back in 2010 and this was regarding maybe my younger sister who's younger than me she just recently finished college it's like her career is probably going to be something that didn't exist back when she was born you know back in back in the late 90s you know what she's going to be doing for a living yeah probably didn't exist you know so and i know that there's um i i know some people who they make a living recording podcasts like that's literally how they make their living podcasts didn't really exist at least not in the current form back when I was born that just wasn't a thing there was radio and that was it so um it's amazing what the internet can do um (laughs) and that's why that's why I feel like you know what makes me excited about the future and you know again like the law like you said the law is not only is it something that uh has to change with the times But it's something that's changing regardless of whether or not the times are changing, because lawyers are making arguments to judges about this needs to be changed for this reason. So and that's what that's something my torch pressure told me. He was like, you are really lawyers are really the only people who can basically convince a judge that, hey, the law is wrong. We need to change the law. So it felt empowering in a way.
0: So. So. Yeah. And, 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 um, you know, I think you're, you're just looking at it. And some of it just comes from like the right, the right mindset. And it comes from, you know, what it is to be a lawyer and to practice law. And, and it's okay. If you're out there and you don't get anything else from this episode, like it is okay to mm-hmm. not know what you're doing. And in fact, it would, um, uh, it would scare me not scare me but you're sort of if you're closing off very early on like you're probably missing out on some things um so um you know ride the wave listen to where what what it would interest you do the work that excites you connect with firms businesses government agencies whatever it is that you want to do that sort of align with your world view or your values um and you know you're going to have a really rewarding career and also like you know don't you know, just because you start off doing one thing doesn't mean that that's the thing you do for the rest of your legal career. Mm-hmm. Uh so you know, I've known some people who started off as, you know, criminal defense lawyers and they go on to work in uh uh one one of my friends works uh he has a cyber insurance company. Um, that's what became a, a very big interest to him. He went in, thought he wanted to do public or criminal defense. And This sort of opportunity arose. There's a series of intermediary steps. He didn't just wake up one morning and say, I wanna found a cyber insurance company. Uh but, (laughs) you know, he ended up where he started and where he ended up is not there. And really, uh, you know, it's okay. Like it's okay. You're you're really going to have multiple careers in your career and that's okay. Yeah.
1: And, and, I, and I mean, again, I just wouldn't want to be pigeonholed. Like you have to think of the opportunities to come out and be like, yeah. And, and, it, and like, that's the thing is like, if I wasn't looking out for opportunities, I would have never came up, came back Massachusetts. You know, it's just simple as that. I would probably never left New Jersey in the first place if I wasn't potentially opening new opportunities, going to a place where I didn't know anybody. Um, you know, sometimes you have to, have to take the first step to getting, getting, getting your hands dirty and, uh, no, i no. will try to come up with good analogies. You definitely have not beat on the analogy <laughs> yeah. game. So
0: it's okay. You, you, um, you do um, a, you did something that is incredibly smart, and I think that more law students should do. And I'm not just going to pat myself on the back. You went to a professional <laughs> lawyer conference, okay, in law school <laughs> early on in your career, and and I'll and I'll say. The, one of the best days I had as a law student was the Mass Bar had a CLE that I could go to for free on campus. And it was like, how to start your own law firm. And I was a 3L and I was like, I don't have a job. Uh, maybe I need to start my own law firm out of college. I was always sort mm-hmm. of interested in it. But I went there and I started learning some very basics about running a law firm um, that i never mm-hmm. actually got anywhere else for probably 10 more years. Um, and so so you know getting out of the law school bubble getting out and going to conferences uh, oftentimes students are given free tickets or very low cost tickets or whatever like take advantage of those opportunities so Mm -hmm. what okay so i'm saying this and maybe it's easy for me to say most law students out there will not do this what made you sort of give up your friday to come to a trial conference with us so um
1: I will preface by saying that um early October I was actually laid off from my full-time job. Um they eliminated my position. It was a uh, unfortunate, but um I think um I'm someone who tries to All right, something bad happened. What can I take out of this positively? And I think one thing that I um took out of it is like I now have days free, you know, where I can maybe explore some of those other opportunities that um, that are open to me. And um I guess a little background. Um Andrew Garza who I mentioned previously he came to our Tort's class, um, spoke about the case that that you presented on um, at the conference, gave us a little bit of background. Um, watched us uh, should uh, like really interesting stuff like you know the idea of like you know having the having the video like like that created video that showed what happened like down to down to a t and then um talking a little bit about the focus groups very very interesting stuff that i did not think of stuff that i wouldn't think of doing like you know even if i was a lawyer like you know it's just it's really innovative really innovative stuff that your firm um conducted for the for the case um i think that's why you got such a huge verdict for your client um but um he opened it up to one person, said, hey, if you write me 500 words or less in an email, why you want to come to this conference? Um, you know, I will pick one winner. And um, and he picked me. And in my, in my email, I said to him, I was like, I want to go because what you said about, it was something to the effect of, I don't know if I want to go into personal injury litigation. Um, but I think the idea of getting out of the classroom as much as possible learning with boots on the ground from real lawyers is just so valuable and i just you know i i don't want anything else to do that friday like I, you know this sounds like a great opportunity um specifically because i don't know what i want to do yet like i am just here to i'm here to learn and um and going to that conference really kind of backed that up because i spoke with plenty of lawyers from all over the country. And you know they all told me they were like, "Oh, so what firm do you represent?" And I told them, oh, "No, I'm actually a student. I'm not even a lawyer." And um, and you know they just had some great advice share me. They'd be like, "Yeah, no, you don't know what you want to do yet. You're still a one L. Um, really, just kind of, basically reiterating what Andrew had told me. Like, you know, you, you don't know what you want to do yet. It's great that you're taking advantage of all these opportunities that are afforded to you. Continue to do that. Um, and uh, I think. Honestly, if I had still had my full time job, I probably would have just taken the day off. Like I still would have registered, and I, if I had gotten, I've been like, "All right, I'm taking that Friday off because this is such a good opportunity. I can't pass this up." Um, and uh, it was. I'm I'm never gonna forget that day. Um, it was just amazing. Um, and I, I think I came up to you after the conference um, and told you about because you had you had done a presentation on uh, on character witnesses. I don't remember the exact yep. term you called them. but I it was, and I was like, "This was this was such an eye opening." eye opening part. Like, like your 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 part on the character witnesses and I think Alexa's talk on loss of consortium were what struck me the most. Because again, something I wouldn't have thought of. And I'm sure a lot of lawyers in the audience wouldn't have thought of either. Um so, but it was it was just such an eye-opening experience. I learned a lot. Um and you know just making those connections too. It's like if you if you, if any if any law students listening to this have an opportunity to do something like that do it. If that means, you know, taking a day off work, if that means, you know, not, 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 not going out after the fact, hang out with your friends after five o'clock or something, do it. Like you, you are making investment into your future. Um, and you never know where
0: it's going to lead you. You do not know where it is going to lead you. And that is great advice to end this on. And thank you so much for your kind words. And yeah, Um, Yeah, And and also, if you're lawyers out there, like, yeah, be like Andrew, you know, get out and inspire students to reach out and to do. And I think what you'll find out there, or at least what's been true in my career and having met, gosh, probably tens of thousands of lawyers at this point is as a profession, the legal profession is pretty generous um, in terms of time and mentorship. I think we all know that we wouldn't be wherever we are in our careers without, somebody else taking time for us uh, with no expectation of anything in return. So if you're a law student, that's a real dynamic. If you're a lawyer, do more of that because the profession needs you. So this has been fantastic. Um, I I I was reminded by one of your peers. uh, I did a bunch of episodes before uh, we had our conference. The conference took up a lot of time for me and then I got a little rusty. um, But I was told hey, you didn't, after this, after the after we end our end our talk or end recording, I was saying how'd it go or whatever. So you didn't ask me the question about the, if you're getting a burger, what are you putting on oh, burger? Mm-hmm. I was waiting for that question, yep. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? That is bad form by me. Thank you for the feedback and I'm not gonna slip again. So <laughs> they, I asked this question to all of my guests, um, to everybody that has been on the show. Uh, except for Maximo Sterling, uh, one of your classmates, I did not ask mm-hmm. Maximo. Uh, so maybe I'll have to have him back on to I will, I was going to say, the oh, be- next time I see, the next time I see Max, I'll ask him myself as well. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're at a cookout. You got a whole spread of everything you could ever want to put on a burger. It could be a veggie burger, hamburger, Kobe beef burger. I don't care. Some delicious burger that you wish to eat. Okay. What right. are you putting on that burger? All right. Well, first of all, it's hundred percent
1: beef burger. I am not a vegetarian or a vegan. I, I if I'm eating a burger, it has to be meat. So um and let's put more meat on that. Um let's put some bacon on that. Um, yeah, let's put a fried egg on it too. Why not? We're just going full carnivore with our burger. Um maybe maybe some grilled onions, I'd say. Grilled onions sounds good. Um if we're doing if we're doing like a sauce, uh, maybe like a homemade Chipotle mayo would be a good one. I know a lot of people like mayo on their burgers. I don't know. I don't know why, but I don't like regular mayo, but there's something about Chipotle mayo that I love. So, yeah.
0: It's probably what I'll put on my burger. That's it. You know, grill, grilled onions are always good. I love, I love caramelized onions. Grilled onions mm-hmm. are fantastic. I, yeah. I don't really get the appeal of, like, a plain onion, uh, but... Um, but hey, there's no, this it
1: would, have to, it would have I to be ask. a red onion in that case. Like, if it's not a red onion, yeah. then it has yeah. to be some sort of cooked onion. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. So, this is a, a question I asked because there is no wrong answer. Burgers are mm-hmm. delicious. Cookouts are awesome. And uh, however you enjoy them is mm-hmm. wonderful. We are all on our own journeys. So, I cannot wait <laughs> until it gets warmer when we can have those again. So, <laughs> well, Anthony, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And, mm-hmm. um, if somebody's out there how how should they reach out to you could they connect to you, with you on LinkedIn um if you're looking to hire Anthony or just learn about love? yeah so um yeah, I'm on I'm on LinkedIn you could just search for
1: I think it's Anthony V Artisan I think I have my middle initial in there um yeah it's it's the one that says uh, JD candidate at New England Law I don't know how many
0: Anthony Artisons are out there on LinkedIn but <laughs> Oh, we will put the so. we will put the uh, we'll put the uh, link in the show bio. Okay, so out okay. right there, okay. Anthony's resonating with you. He's got a good story. He's going to have a good future. Dropped a lot of knowledge on this, and uh, thank you, Anthony. All right, no, it was a pleasure, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for joining Ryan McKean in the Law Student Lounge, where real law students talk about their real lives. Are you a law student with a story to tell? Learn how you can share your story with us in the episode description. And join us next time in the Law Student Lounge.